0: Dear friends, to episode 13 of The Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. This episode is very special. Very special. A turning point, so to speak. The manor has offered a deeper sharing of its mysteries with us. Follow us to the realm of Patreon. Many wonderful magics to enjoy as we dig deeper, fly higher, and see much more than our physical eyes can see, joy and happiness is in the exploration. Unyo. I had closed my eyes at the edge of the world beneath the dreaming tree, and when I opened them, we were back in the manor, but somewhere we had not yet visited we stood at the end of yet another long hall, which piqued our excitement for what was to come. Before us, we could see the hall. A deep forest-green patterned carpet covered the wooden floor, and each ten feet or so, the floor descended by one step, one step down. My dear companions, Feathers and Simon, were at my side, but that sudden feeling that someone was behind me made me twist quickly, turning back to look. "'Rabbit seems to be watching,' I whispered to them as his face flashed across my mind.
1: "'Rabbit's always watching,'
0: Simon sang with an eerie tone. I looked to him questioning, then to Feathers who quietly nodded her head.
1: Hippity hop to the magic shop to buy a pack of have you nots?
0: Oh, voice, who are you? I said out loud, and by the look on feathers in Simon's faces, I could tell they still do not hear him. This new place beckoned us on. The first thing I noticed is that all the doors on the left were open. This is odd, as most doors are firmly closed within the manor. Very intriguing when something is now different. Outside each door, a small wooden table held a candle holder of brass, each with one candle, flame burning strongly yet without any flicker of movement. It was a dreamy sight, these candles welcoming and awaiting someone to come and collect them for their night's use. But who had lit them? We were eager to explore, so we walked to the first door and quietly peeked within. The room was rather simple, One large, paned window, tall and thin, almost reaching up to the ceiling, but yet anchored down to the floor. The walls were bare. No wallpaper, no pictures, no cobwebs. The floor consisted of large and wide, dark wooden planks. Lead floor nails had a touch of shine to them in the moon's light. I could hear birds singing and chirping outside. Such a comforting sound. As I released a deep breath and felt some tension leave from within. Morning must be close. A lone ladder-back wooden chair of red sat before the window as if waiting for the inhabitant to return to this place. We turned to gaze out the window. Beneath the chair was a book of the same color. The only other oddness in this room was another doorway on the right wall, framed in wood but empty of a door. I picked up the candle from the first table and we entered. The room felt, well, empty. I walked to the window and could just see the gardens of Gorski Manor below and the faint glow on the horizon of the coming sun. The moon was still bright and high and clear in the night sky. I had the urge to sit upon the chair and almost did, but then I felt a strong sensation, a warning. This was not my place to sit. I looked to the book and pulled it from beneath the chair. It was empty. No words, no title, just browning pages and musty from the ages? Hmm, where had that thought come from? We walked gently and softly on tiptoes to the doorway with no door, feeling we should not make a sound here. This was a place of contemplation, reverence, and healing. What we saw in the next room was the same as whence we had come. An empty room, tall window, empty waiting chair, and a book. I looked at Feathers and Simon, and they both shrugged as to what this place was. I was about to speak, but couldn't help covering my mouth with my hands. My questions were not to be answered. Not yet. This is a silent place. The second room contained another doorway without a door, on its right side, that we followed, leading us again in that direction, leading us again to a mirror image of the first room. we could see many more connecting doorways moving far into the distance before us, like the illusion you see in a room that has one mirror opposite another. These doorways seem to extend on and on and on, reflecting and multiplying smaller and smaller into a tiny place The same, yet different. Or another time, perhaps. We walked across the third room and peered into the fourth, hoping for something different. Hoping for something to explain and make sense of these rooms. But it was exactly the same as the second and the first. And then the bells began to chime. Quietly at first making you think you didn't really hear them then within each round of the simple melody the bells became stronger and louder instinctively we all moved to a dark corner of the room and pressed ourselves against the wall trying to fade into the shadow eyes all wide to see what was to come a mixture of fear and curiosity. Slowly, upon the chair in front of us, a mist began, small at first, then expanding, deepening, growing, becoming more solid with each ring of the bells. Before us sat a man, old and gray, craggy beard, thin hair combed flat upon his head, shoulders bent with age, clothes unclear as his head was the most solid and his body faded into the chair. We watched as he lifted his head that had hung down, chin to his chest. He slowly looked out the window just then the sun crested the horizon and faintly began to creep into the room even in the morning sun the room still held many shadowy corners the sun seemed to help the man seemed to help him become stronger as the sun crept across the floor towards his seated form he reached down under the chair and lifted the book to his heart. The bells were chiming so loudly. It was making me anxious as we watched the drama unfold. We watched as the sun became stronger, and its shadowy light moved closer and closer to the man. I could see him visibly breathe for the first time as he hugged the book tighter to his heart. And with one more very loud last chime, the bell stopped. The sun burst upon the man, and he looked at us. With shock at being discovered, all I could see and do was to smile at him. And he smiled back, the dearest, sweetest smile I have ever seen. And then he disappeared, and the book fell upon the chair. The sun was now blazing into the room, its full body framed by the casings of the window. I had to cover my eyes, as its brightness was a shock to them. I could hear Simon gasp, and feathers flew over to a more shadowy corner. I walked to the chair and looked down at the book. This book had a title, The Life and Doings of Anderson Brandon Gorsky." Oh my, one of the Gorsky clan. Feathers came over to my shoulder and looked down to the book. I opened it gently and found each and every page was full. Lovely handwriting filled the pages from top to bottom. I walked to the window to take a closer look at the writings. The sun felt so wonderful that I took a moment to revel in its warmth upon my face and skin. I felt myself take in a deep, refreshing breath, feeling unneeded tensions easing from within my bones it was so very nice to see the sun both feathers and simon stood within the sun's rays eyes closed accepting the embrace of the majestic sun absent-mindedly i went to the chair and sat down immediately i felt i felt different i felt myself above my body looking down i watched with no emotion, as I saw myself take the book and open it to the first page. I could see a silver thread slowly and gently appear from my heart, then spiral down to the book. I could see words appear, words appear in my handwriting. Then from the hall, we heard heavy footsteps and a loud shout, I dropped the book and snapped to attention, finding myself sitting back upon the chair. We all froze, listening. Step, 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 shuffle, step. And a sound like the burst of a wind. We looked to each other and heard it once again. Step, 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 shuffle, step. Closer and closer it came. Step, 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 shuffle, step. We stood there frozen, not sure what to do. Should we run or wait? Which way could we run? I looked around for our escape, but before we could act.
1: So here you be.
0: There in the doorway stood an old gentleman.
1: I've been a looking for ye for a bit of time now.
0: Fear crossed his face as he rushed to my side, pulling me off the chair with a yank. Needless to say, I was spooked.
1: It's not ye time to sit upon these chairs.
0: He reprimanded me sternly. Oh, hello, I said, not knowing what else to say. He was a short fellow beard of gray, that curled at the ends. Gray suspenders held up trousers that seemed too large and were tucked into worn wellies. One sleeve of his striped shirt was rolled up to his elbow, which was covered by a short, opened waistcoat of black. He had an odd-shaped hat pulled down low that almost covered his eyes.
1: Sisters say ye were coming. Hope they know what they are doing. Always something, always something,
0: he said, shaking his head with disapproval. Sorry, was all I could get out.
1: Well, come on, I'll show ye to your room. Ask him if he's a ghost,
0: Simon yelled, grabbing onto my leg.
1: Oh. "'Does I look like a ghosty?
0: "'He said dismissively, looking at us with disdain.
1: "'Don't you sit on these chairs "'if you don't want to be a ghosty yet. <laughs> "'The time will come soon enough.'"
0: All we could do was follow him. He took the candle I held, blew it out, and placed it back on the table where it belonged. Then, without a word, he led us down the hall. Lower and lower we followed, down one step at a time. Each candle was now trailing the last tendrils of its nightly work. Past so many rooms we walked that I lost count of. Finally, we came to the end of the hall, to a most unusual sight, an old-time cage-style elevator.
1: I'll take he down, but ye never to use the elevator on your own.
0: Never, he said firmly looking into my eyes. I personally don't care for elevators, even in the best of times, so I was happy to shake my head in agreement with him. We slowly descended three floors, where the cage door opened slowly, onto the grand entrance of Gorsky Manor. Oh, it was beautiful beyond description. It absolutely took my breath away. Slowly, with disbelief and awe, we walked into this main hall, past double, huge doors, a beautiful stained-glass window on each of them of a lovely tree with the gorsky spiral within its canopy. The moon was on one door, the sun on the other. Again, large black-and-white checkerboard floors but here they were laid in a spiral pattern. And there, in the center of the room, an intricately carved round table with a golden rabbit sitting tall upon it. Oh, it's Rabbit, I said, coming close and inspecting the statue. It had that same impish look in its eyes as I remember in Rabbit. Upon the table surrounding the statue was a circle of beautiful blue crystals inlaid within the wood. It appeared to be lapis lazuli, the stone of psychic and spiritual energies. I was about to count how many stones there were as it had the feel of a clock. When Simon hopped on the table and the man rushed to shoo him off it quickly, Simon quickly hopped into a corner, appearing embarrassed for what he had just done. Archways beckoned on in several directions, and that amazing grand stairs. It gently flowed up to a landing, which split into two directions, and then flowed up another flight, and another, wrapping around the entrance to the very top of the manor like a spiral. Looking straight high above, a window of clear crystal glass of many sparkling patterns welcomed the sun that now peeked in and shone brightly through it.
1: Your room is this way.
0: He interrupted my reverie. Who are you? I finally asked.
1: Wilfred Moss. I am the groundskeeper of this manor.
0: Oh, I thought to myself, so he is the one taking care of the gardens and the cemetery, as I remembered dear Lily's fresh grave. Yes. He said as if answering me, even though I had not spoken out loud. Again, they all seemed to be able to read my thoughts. I considered asking him, but felt wary and not comfortable.
1: You'll get used to it. (laughs)
0: That didn't make me feel better, so I put up a few more layers of protection around myself. He stopped and gave me a queer look, then chuckled again and headed up the stairs. We followed him up to the first landing, where a door was open awaiting us. He stepped aside and motioned for us to go in. It wasn't a large room, but much larger than I have ever lived in. A four-poster bed was on one side, a large fireplace of white stone on the other, two windows above a window seat on the far wall and a door opened to a bathroom.
1: Ye can stay here as need be. There is a kitchen down the hall to the left. I don't come into the manor at night. Day and night are not as you may expect. Ye has been welcomed.
0: With that, he turned and walked out the door and down the stairs. Wait, I said dumbfounded, looking to Feathers and Simon, but they did not appear to be concerned, and had gone and curled up upon the bed, ready for a nap. I remembered this is the place where they live. They know what is safe and what is not. They must understand. Thank you kindly, I yelled to his disappearing figure, already at the bottom of the stairs. He waved his hand in response, but did not turn around. Watch yourself. I heard him say in my head, and watched as he chuckled once again and disappeared into the manor. I went back into the room and found it had a lock and promptly used it. Feathers and Simon looked so cozy on the bed, and the sun was shining warmly upon it. I just had to join them and fell fast asleep the moment my head touched the soft pillow. Look, see that frog upon the stairs. It looks at me with awkward weird stare. Its eyes make me think that of you. You cast your spell upon me too, upon me too la, la, oh, oh, la, 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 There up the stairs that frog did go Down the hall in the shadows glow A light creeped out beneath each door And footsteps crossed the wooden floor to A strange dream, feeling concerned and agitated at what was shared. Within every dream, truth is woven. So what truth did it share? It was about Simon again. My thoughts also constantly go to Harry Gorsky. He has eluded me. I know he is here somewhere. Why does he not just appear in this place, his place, of unusual magics? No reply came to me as I listened for my guides. Not yet the right time to know is all I felt. Be patient, watch, and enjoy. I heard a rapping at my door, which made me jump. I thought there was no one else in the manor except us. And Wilf, no one alive. Now, in hindsight, I wondered if he had been alive. Hmm. The rapping came again, but in a playful, tapping melody that gave me some comfort that who or what was there was not aggressive. Or then again, it could be a trick. I so wished the door had a peephole in it as my thoughts bounced this way and that. I grabbed my broom for protection and pressed my fingers to my lips for the waking feathers and Simon to be quiet as they now both sat up on the bed. I moved quietly to the door, slowly undid the lock, and taking hold of the doorknob and my broom... One, two, three. I yanked the door open quickly, planning to surprise our guest as I jumped into a defensive position, ready to strike with my broom. Three round ladies screeched in fright and nearly fell backwards, their brooms now held, ready for my attack. It was the sisters. Oh, my Oh, we all released our tension with a great sigh in unison and burst into a laughter of relief. Oh, it was so nice to see them. I dropped my broom and rushed to them, embracing them all in a great, warm group hug. We jumped up and down like schoolgirls with joy and happiness. As we reluctantly released our hug, I heard something fall from them and roll onto the floor. I am so happy to see you all, I cried, wiping happy tears from my eyes. Thank you, dear listeners. This is the end of part one of this tale. Please join us for part two. Blessings.